a, a path today, uh, maybe a, a little bit different format of how I preach, uh, perhaps than, than others, but I just, there are things in my life and, and in my study that get stuck in my mind, and I can't get them out of my mind. And over the course of the last week or so, every time I would get my Bible, I just kept going back to a few verses, a few places, and I want to, to bring them there. How many of you have heard the phrase, close, only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades? Ever done that? Close, only counts in hand, hand, horseshoes and hand grenades. I've, I've played horseshoes. Uh, I, I enjoy horseshoes. I've even played horseshoes uh, redneck style. And that's where you throw uh, toilet lids, you know, those U-shaped toilet lids. I've even done that before. In fact, I've even done that at uh, 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 Dixie Stampede, so they're in Branson, so I'm famous. But, uh, but horseshoes only, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Uh, there's a, a commercial that's, I, I, I almost tried to pull it up and play it, but there's a commercial that goes around. It may be State Farm, I don't know, but it's the dude that has the fishing rod and he puts money on the end of the string and he, he says, ah, you almost had it. You almost had it. You almost had it. There's something about being close, so close, but yet so far. And today I want to talk to, to us and, and, and do that close, so close, yet so far. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of John chapter 11, looking predominantly about uh, around uh, the 51st verse, but I'll slip up before that. I want to just run a few verses together and just kind of let me keep building a foundation for a moment and then we'll go uh, from there. This is the plot to kill Jesus, to finally get rid of Jesus in their minds once and for all. In verse 45 of John chapter 11, we find that it says this, And many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. And some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. In case you're not familiar with this part of Scripture, what Jesus had done right before that was raise Lazarus from the dead. And so this is where we're at. And so the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered together the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, you don't know anything at all. It, it, it's, nor do you understand, I want you to pay close attention, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. And he did not say this of his own accord, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And, and so... I want to put this into perspective because this is one of those so close yet so far away. The Right now, Judah and, and Israel and, and that portion of, of the land would have been under Roman control. Rome had a, a unique way of conquering its enemies. They would conquer the enemies, and then by putting them under their rule, they would make them pay tribute. They would uh, make them, you know, uh, have to follow the rules, but they would allow them to keep certain aspects of their own culture. They could keep their own religion if they wanted to. They could keep their own uh, little governments going on, but they were merely puppet governments of Rome. And so 
uh, the Jews looking at Jesus and seeing what Jesus is doing and the crowds that followed and all that were there, they're looking at that and the priests and the chief priests and the Pharisees, these religious leaders that ruled uh, this theocracy, they're, they're kind of beginning to, to think, you know, if Jesus rises up, maybe there'll be a revolt. He said things like, you know, this kingdom is coming, his kingdom is coming, and they begin to look at it in a political sense. And they thought that if they allowed Jesus to continue, that Rome would take notice and say, you know what, well, we don't want any political hot spots going on and we'll come and, and we'll lose it. And he makes this statement, Caiaphas does. He says, it would be better for this one man, Jesus, to die so that the whole nation might be saved. Man, he was so close. If he could have just walked that train of thought a little bit farther, he would realize that's exactly why Jesus came. He came so that by one death, uh, I believe it's Romans that says, by one man, Adam, sin entered into humanity. But by one man, Jesus, his death would give us life and that more abundantly. And I want to just scream to Caiaphas and say, you were so close, yet so far. Go a few chapters later, John chapter 18. John chapter 18, looking around verse 14, and it says this. And the band of soldiers, looking at verse 12, the band and soldiers, their captain, the officers of the Jews, arrested Jesus and bound him. They led him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. So close. So close. They were right there. He had, it, 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 and, and it, it's sad that it's the high priest. It's sad it's the one that, that read the scriptures that should have known all of the, the, the prophecies contained in the word of God. It's sad that he missed it just by that he thought we can kill Jesus and the Rome won't come and, and the, the rebellion, if you will, will be crushed and, and so it's better. Let's just let one man die and save. He missed it. He was so close. Or look at Luke chapter 23. A little bit different story, but it's the same process. Luke chapter 23 and, and uh, around verse 35. They, they are casting lots for his garments. The soldiers are under there. The people are standing around the cross. They're watching. The ruler scoffed and watch what he says. He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one, then let him save himself. They were so close. They didn't realize that if he saved himself, all of the others wouldn't be saved. That if he tried to call the angels down and get himself off the cross, all of humanity would have been lost. They were so close to understanding exactly what God wanted to do at that moment, but it was the reality that in dying, he saved others. That's how close they were. Mark chapter 10 begins to tell another story. Mark chapter 10 gives us the story of the rich young ruler. The Bible doesn't give a name for him. It just says that in, on, in verse 17 of Mark 10, it says that a man came and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's a great question. 
it's a question, to be honest, every one of us ought to ask. In fact, you must ask, or it's going to be asked of you later at Judgment Day, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? Jesus answers him a little little circumspectly. He says, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God alone. Just kind of tacking on the fact that Jesus was saying, if you're calling me good, you need to understand it's because I'm God manifest in the flesh. But he said, uh, uh, you, you know my commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and the mother. And the man smiled and he got all excited and he said, I have done every one of those from my youth. I've kept those all from my youth. And Jesus looking at him loved him and said to him, there's only one thing you lack. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. The Bible says he was disheartened by the saying and the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. He was that close. All he had to do was follow Jesus listen to what he has to say perhaps if he'd have followed he'd have been one of the 120 in the upper room and the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2 but he was so close to the truth because of some things in his life he turned and walked away and the point is close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades he can't get that rich young ruler can't get to heaven and say Lord I kept all 10 of your commandments the only one I didn't do was follow you the Lord's going to say no close yet so far I'm here today to tell you that I don't want you to walk out of this place and have that same statement said about you on a Sunday morning here in September you were so close yet so far I begin to, to think about it and it's a very simple sermon I, I get that sometimes I can preach deeper sometimes it's so simple that you already know where I'm going before I get to the end but I, I begin to, to think, and the Lord begin to put in my mind over and over stories in the Word of God, like the story in Luke chapter 8 and verse 40, the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story. Jesus, the, a, a ruler by the name of Jairus, has come and said, My daughter is sick, and, and I, I desperately need you to come to my house and, and pray for her and heal her. And Jesus said, All right, let's go. And so Jesus and his disciples begin the journey. They're walking to Jairus' house and there's a great crowd because everywhere that Jesus went, people seemed to flock him and throng him. And as they go, the Bible says there was a woman with an issue of blood. She had had it for 12 years. Something in her life had hemorrhaged for 12 years straight. She had went to every doctor. She had went to every specialist. She had went every place she could go no one could help her but on that day in the middle of a crowd she jostles her way and the Bible says that she she thought within her mind if I can but touch the hem of his garment and pushing her way through the crowd she gets where she can touch the hem of his garment and something happens she feels the virtue run into her body Jesus stops and says somebody touch me Peter or James or John, somebody, one of the apostles, one of the disciples says, um, Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing, this is Brandon Buford's version, the, the, the disciples say, Jesus, there's like 500 people around you. Have you ever been, uh, uh, wherever it was, all of you that went to Youth Congress, you know what it's like when you're standing in that line waiting to go through the door. If you've ever been to a concert or if you've ever waited for a 
Black Friday to open up and go go shopping, which is the craziest thing you could ever do in your life, but whatever. Um, and you're waiting there and everybody's touching and everybody's jostling and everybody's moving. And Jesus says, somebody touched me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 500 people touched you. He said, no, this is different. Somebody touched me by faith and I felt virtue leave my body and he turns around and there's this lady kind of in, in our mind, we always see her crouched on the ground and, and he says, he says, you've touched me, your faith will make you whole and it was just a couple weeks ago as I began to read that something began to percolate in my mind and that is what about the other 499 people around him? so close yet so far was there anybody else that had a need was there anybody else that needed a, a sickness delivered? Was there anybody else? And, and if they could have just touched him. And, and honestly, it has nothing to do perhaps with touching the hem of his garment. It has more to do with faith. Someone else said, if I can just have faith enough and courage enough to go ask him, maybe he'll do it. But they were so close, hundreds of people around, and only one close enough for the miracle. Or what about Mark chapter 10, around verse 46? What about blind Bartimaeus? You know the story. Jesus is going in, and again, it's, he's walking. Again, there's a crowd, and blind Bartimaeus is sitting over there on the edge. He can't see what's going on, but he can hear with his, w- w- that, that there's a, a crowd coming. He can hear jumble and, and, and different uh, people talking. He begins to think, who is it? What is it? He taps someone, hey, can you tell me what's going on? What, what am I hearing? Oh, Jesus is walking. Blind Bartimaeus begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, hey, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus! They're trying to hush him up, and they're saying, blind, you know, come on, you're, you're causing a scene. You're, you're really starting to, to, everybody's looking at you. Don't, don't, Jesus, he's too busy for you. But blind Bartimaeus doesn't stop. There's something inside of him that says, if I'm going to be this close to Jesus, i got to get his attention. If I'm going to be, I may never get to this place again. I can't find out where he is. I I can't see where he's going. I don't know where he's happening tomorrow. I don't know where he's going to be next week. I may not have a a next week. There may not be another service coming. There may not be a Sunday night available for me. Something may happen. i got to get his attention now. Jesus! Jesus stops the crowd. Bring him to me. Brings blind Bartimaeus up. And blind Bartimaeus, he begins to speak. And he says, thy faith hath made you whole and again God began to just tap my conscience and he said what about all the rest that could have gotten the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ so close yet so far they had their opportunity right there they had everything they needed right there they're not given another moment Jesus may never pass that way again I could go on and on I could exhaust you with stories I could tell you about Zacharias that climbed a tree I could tell you about two other blind men in the Bible I could tell you about lepers that called out to him I could tell you about funeral possessions that happened to go by Jesus and Jesus stops over and over and over and I begin to realize for every miracle contained in the word of God for every person that God healed or delivered or set free there had to have been hundreds more around that didn't get their answer all because they were close but so far 
There's something to be said about not just being. We, we sing songs like, like in the presence of the Lord and I want to be close. And, and, and we talk about the, the connection. We talk about the relationship. We, we want to be close as human beings. We crave the, 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 the touch. We crave the hug. We crave the connection. We want that emotional touch. But I'm here today to tell you it's not enough just to be close to him. It's not enough. Let me take you a little bit farther. Let's go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts contains two stories that intrigue me. I do my best, and, and, and I, I can say it now, I've been, I've been good. Sometimes I've had to be honest with you and tell you that, you know, I, I, I want to read the Bible every day. That's my, my goal, and I've told you that sometimes I, I don't make it. But I will tell you lately, I've been doing really good. Perryman, I'm proud of myself. Is that all right? But I try to read the book of Acts, a chapter out of the book of Acts every day. So that means I get to these stories every month. There's 29 chapters, or 28 chapters in the, in the book of Acts. And so uh, you, you get, you, you, if you do it every day, you're going to read that story every month. And I, I keep coming back to it. It's, it's while Paul is, is fixing to, to take his trip before Caesar and there's quite a bit of, of things that happen the Jews and those in Jerusalem are accusing Paul of all sorts of false things and, and they, they come up with, with grand stories of how Paul has been but yet they can't back it up and finally Paul kind of has enough and he says you know what I'm tired of dealing with the, the courts here in Jerusalem I'm a Roman citizen I appeal to Caesar I will go to Caesar and let Caesar hear my case so that's the, where it goes and so uh, before that, he, he's with Felix. Felix is governor there, and, and um, he's there. And the Bible says that Felix had a pretty accurate knowledge of the way. This is found in chapter 24 of the book of Acts, verse 22. He has a rather accurate knowledge of the way, meaning he, he knew enough about this new thing called Christianity. He knew enough about what God was doing. He knew enough about what had happened on the book of Acts. Uh, chapter 2 he understood what was happening and so he he told them he says look when the tribune comes down I'll decide the case he said but why don't we just keep Paul under custody give him some liberty you know maybe put him on house arrest and, and then we'll go and a few days later the Bible says in verse 24 of Acts chapter 24 that Felix came with his wife Drusilla who was a Jew and he sent for Paul and he heard Paul speak about his faith in Christ Jesus as Paul reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed. Let me tell you what happened. Because I've, I've, I'll be 40 years this old, 40 years old this year. Whew. Man, it's already bad. I'm going to be a dribbling, can't get anything out as I get older. But uh, I'll be 40 years old this year. The Lord has blessed me. I've been preaching the gospel since I was 15 years old that's a good amount of years I've seen it happen too many times whenever you start telling somebody your testimony whenever you start telling somebody what God is doing in your life whenever you start just you don't have to be preaching to them at all just start telling them a, a Bible verse here and there you know what happens something begins to move inside of people 
they, they begin to feel the conviction of God or they begin to feel the unction of God and I believe it's happening in this building today and so as Paul is talking about God he's talking about righteousness and judgment Felix is alarmed and he says go away for the present when I get an opportunity I will summon you Felix says Paul man what you're saying is convicting me I'm not quite ready to make a decision I'm not quite ready to give my life to Christ I'm not quite ready to, to you know to do this why don't you why don't you go away when I get a convenient season let me just think about it for a moment pastor I know you've talked about being baptized and and, and I probably need to be baptized but let me think on it a little bit and and I know you're talking about repentance of, of our sins and the re, and filling of the Holy. I know what you're saying, Pastor. I hear it, man. It's touching my heart. But give me a moment to think about it. Let me go home. Let me look it up. Let me wait till I have a convenient season. Now watch the next verse, verse 26. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given to him by Paul. And he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus and desiring to do the Jews a favor Felix left Paul in prison two years two years he listened to the preacher two years he, he reasoned with Paul two years he let his heart be touched two years he let his spirit be moved by the word of God but he never as far as we can tell he never found a convenient season so close yet so far and then I could take you over a, a, a few chapters later I, I could take you to the book of Acts chapter 26 and there in Acts chapter 26 he, he talks and it's kind of the same thing he's talking to Festus and then he's talking to King Agrippa and he says to King Agrippa Paul does do you believe the prophets I know you believe and Agrippa says something along the lines of it wouldn't take you very long Paul to convince me to be a Christian it wouldn't take you a long time you would persuade me to be a Christian almost thou the King James says almost thou persuadeth me to be a Christian so close yet so far that's why I mentioned earlier in this, this uh, service that I desire that I want you to worship him with your with your flesh, your body. I, I want you to clap your hands. I, I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to sing out loud. I want you to let your physical being get engaged in a service. I want that to happen. And I'm thankful, and, and as far long as I'm pastor, I want the emotions to flow. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the the Bible says that there are times that we come in with tears. There's times that we come in with rejoicing. There's, there, I want my emotions to be a part of my worship. In fact, I will tell you, and I'm kind of getting out on a, on a, a rabbit trail, but if you can worship the Lord without your emotions, you're only worshiping Him with part of your life. You've got to worship Him with your emotions. You've got to worship Him with your mind. You've got to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so I want you to let tears flow in a service. I want you to let joy be seen. I want you to let sadness and conviction be a part of it. But I'm telling you here today, I don't want you just to sit in a service and get goosebumps. I don't want you just to sit in a service and maybe shed a few tears and walk out that door. And that's the extent of what you do if you are... The 
then you are in the same boat as Felix and you're in the same boat as Festus and Agrippa and you say, almost thou persuadest me. And you would walk out that door and you would be so close, yet so far. I don't have time to tell you how many I have seen God literally shake the foundations of their life in a service the conviction and I, I want you to know if, if, if you're new I make a very big distinction between two words that start with C one is conviction one is condemnation Jesus said it this way in, in the book of Romans he says neither is there uh, any condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus Jesus doesn't come to condemn Jesus comes to convict and conviction leads you to do something about it. Conviction leads you into repentance. Conviction leads you to be baptized for the remission of your sins. Conviction leads you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But condemnation causes you to hang your head and walk out that door and say, I'll never do anything about it and you're ashamed. And condemnation is what the devil wants to do. But conviction, I've watched people shake under the power of the conviction of Jesus Christ. I've watched them white knuckle the, the pew in front of them. I've watched God do everything but pick them up and bring them to an altar. And they were so close. But they walked out of that door. And I never saw them again. They were so close, yet so far. We already read it here just for a moment, or at least we, we, we skipped over it. We started in, this, in the chapter, but Luke chapter 23 I've given you a bunch of negative examples. Let me give you a very positive example. The positive example goes like this. There were two criminals hanging on either side of Christ. He wasn't the only one crucified on that day. And one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him. This is verse 39 of Luke chapter 23. One of the criminals railed at him, laughed at him, mocked him, said, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him and saying, Don't you fear God since we're under the same sentence of condemnation? We indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing wrong. And the other one hanging there, and you have to understand, they were all crucified the same way. We, we, we talk about, especially around Easter time, we talk about the pain and the agony uh, that Jesus suffered on the cross. Those other two men suffered the exact same agony. And in the midst of their pain, one rails at Jesus and mocks him and makes fun of him. But the other one, even in the fog and the delusion and the delirium of his pain, he recognizes we deserve it. We're getting what we deserve. But this man in between us did nothing to deserve this. He's an innocent lamb. And that man on the cross, absolutely deserving the life sentence that he's getting. As his blood drips down out of that cross, that, that, that man who knows that his life is about to end. He'd seen enough crucifixions in his life. He knew what was going to happen. If it went too long, they were going to break the legs, which would hasten the death. He knew it was coming. And he looks over there, and he realizes how close I am to Jesus. We talk about Jesus' last words. We talk about what Jesus said as he took his last breath. But what about the man on the cross that took his last breath? But before he did it, he said, Jesus, 
I've never been this close to you before in all of my life, but I can't let this moment pass me by. Jesus, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? I understand it's not the normal way of salvation. I realize we don't talk about it a whole lot, but at that moment, he said, if I'm going to be that close to Jesus, I'm going to do something about it. Jesus, would you save me? Jesus looks at him and says, this day you'll be with me in paradise. We can't do it that exact same way. That moment of salvation is past. Our salvation, we come, and there's a lot of verses, and you've heard me use them, but I would direct your attention to Acts chapter 2 when after the death, the burial, the resurrection, after the ascension of Jesus, they're in the upper room. The Holy Ghost has fallen and Peter, standing with the other 11 apostles, stands there and, and begins to preach to the crowd that is gathered. Begins to tell them about Jesus. And they get to the end. Somebody says, well, what should I do? You've brought me this close to Jesus. You've preached, preacher. The tears are in my eyes. My heart's pounding in my chest. I don't even hardly know what to do with my emotions. The worship has been so incredible. Every song is spoken to me. What do I do? Peter smiles and says, it's easy. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall and they were that close the Bible says that day 3,000 of them were added to the church 3,000 of them repented 3,000 of them were baptized 3,000 of them received the gift of the Holy Ghost I don't know how many more were there I don't know if there were any that walked out of that church service if I could use that terminology I don't know if there was anybody that walked out of that church service and that incredible altar call and seeing God touch others and they walked away saying well let me think about it maybe they never came back but I'm here today to tell you don't be the ones that were so close yet so far but be the one on the, like the thief on the cross that realized I'm so close to Jesus I can hear his breath I'm so close to Jesus, I can see the blood falling. I can see the blood beginning to pull. But Jesus, I'm not going to let this opportunity pass. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. The psalmist said it this way. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me out of his temple. The Lord began to speak to me, and he began to direct me to the New Testament that says you and I are the temple of the living God and I want to tell you today that when you cry he hears you out of this earthly temple and he knows where you are and he's as close as the mention of his name it just requires an act of faith in your life it requires that hey Jesus thou son of David I'm, I'm over here I'm blinded by this world I'm blinded by my sin I can't see everything as clearly as I want I may not know how to get to you but I'll call out to you and Jesus comes to where I am or it's the woman with the issue of blood that doesn't feel she's worthy, but she says, if I could just touch him. I don't want to be just in his presence. I don't want to just be near him. I want to touch him. And I'm here today to tell you, 
that you don't have to be so close yet so far. You can be so close and he can touch your life. I wonder if all across this building we could stand and I want to give us an opportunity to just lift your hand. I want you to just begin to close your eyes. I want you to begin to let God speak to you. I've done everything I can right now. I've preached the word. I've spoken what God has put on my heart but now I want the voice of God to speak through your own prayer and he will lead you. He will He, he will give you a, a unction. He, he will put something in your mind. He speaks so clearly if you'll just listen. And he's saying, I'm here today. What do you need? For some of you, you need to just repent of your sins. Everything you've done. I know you can't remember it all. I'm not asking you to throw out a laundry list. It's, a, it's an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I've sinned and come short of the glory of God and I need you to forgive me and I don't want to live this way anymore. Lord, I want you to lead me into new life. I want you to lead me into truth. I want you to lead me into my, my, my brand new me. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Maybe you need to be baptized in Jesus' name so that your sins are washed away. This is a perfect time to do it. Maybe you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The best answer I can tell you is you begin to lift your hands after you've repented of your sins and you begin to worship Him. The Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. And the more you begin to worship Him, the more you begin to praise Him, then the more He desires to inhabit your life. And when He does, He'll fill you with His Spirit. Maybe you need a healing. All you need to do is just reach up and say, God, you're here. I feel you. I'm in your presence. I'm close. Lord, now I'm asking you to heal. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what need you have. I can't speak it. I can't pray it for you. But as our praise team begins to lead in worship, I'm opening these altars. I'm hallowing this entire uh, uh, sanctuary. And I'm saying, why don't you come? Why don't you speak to him? Why don't you lift your voice, lift your hands? Why don't you let your soul reach out to him? Don't let this moment pass you by.